Welcome, kids that listen to this program. Go grab your parents because they're probably interested in listening to it too. It's the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the planet and on the planet and around the planet. Not off the planet because we don't have transmissions from Mars yet. So keep that in mind as you're listening to this that perhaps there's an even better version of this show on a planet far away. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. You're all my children, and I, br- I believe in you. We have a really great show for you today. We have great father, father and part-time pop country musician, Brian Bishop on the show. And then later on, we will be joined by astronaut Mike Hansen. Hope you guys are excited for that. And if you are, let me know at Mike Gives Back at Michael Dupree VH on Twitter, Instagram. Whew. You guys ever wake up and you think like, I got plenty of time, and then you realize you've got plenty of time, and it's not a sad story. It's not a sad life that you live. Those are good days, you know. The other days, all the other days, those are for the birds. But let's not let let's enough about that. We've got a very slightly famous like C-list pop country musician here right in front of me. That's very kind of you. Brian Bishop. Hello. How are you doing, Brian? I'm I'm a little upset. You're upset. Yeah. Why are you upset, Brian? I I've just found out my son is straight. You found out your son is straight. Yeah. I thought he was gay and I was really you know, I read a bunch of books on how to be a parent to a gay, and, you know, <laughs> I just, I was really, you know, getting behind it. I talked to Jesus a lot. And, and what did know, Jesus say? Jesus said, love thy son. <laughs> love thy son. Is that the 11th commandment? Yeah. <laughs> God loved his son, and his son died. Well, to be fair, God was himself. That's true. So. But my son is also me by an extension. I guess so. Kind of. I mean, like, mm-hmm. he is of your body. It's true. He's of your, your lover's body. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, smoking. you have... Smoking. <laughs> your wife's smoking bod? Smoking. Was your, is your son smoking? He's got both my genes and his smoking wife genes. What do you think? <laughs> I gotta imagine he's actually a good-looking kid. Yeah. But you found out that he's... How old is your son? My son is uh, 17. 17 years old, then. Yeah. How did you find out that he's uh, straight? Well, uh, he had brought home uh, his third girlfriend we mm-hmm. were being introduced to, and, you know, I, I've been dropping hints that I know he's, I know he's gay, but <laughs> he just keeps coming with home with more girls. And I just I sat him down and had a talk with him, you know. I wanted to let him know that I thought it was okay if he came out to me. <laughs> and he just, he said, I'm straight, Dad. And I was just really upset. Well, what made you think that in the f- that he was gay in the first place? He always does his hair. <laughs> That's like a popular thing with kids these days, though. Is it? Yeah, kids are always, like, uh, styling up their hair with God the mousse dang. and the gels. 
We put color in it and bleaches it. Well, I mean, why? Doesn't why? It seems just a little, just a little. Just a little what? Just a little on the scale. <laughs> I mean, if you say so, but I, I, I don't think that someone dressing themselves up or making themselves look good doesn't mean that they're gay anymore these I, days. I guess these kids today. Yeah, changing. So you were excited about the idea, like most fathers typically wouldn't want their son to be gay. Right. At uh, first, I was vehemently against it. Mm-hmm. But then, when did you first start to suspect that he was gay? Well, he started. He just it was a ride around when he was about thirteen. Mm-hmm. And I saw him just kind of looking at pictures of good-looking dudes in the magazines, <laughs> you know. And then I noticed he started dressing like him. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, this. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. So then, what'd you do? You went, you went straight to, went straight to Jesus. You know, I went, I went straight to the chapel. Mm-hmm. And started talking to my priest. The priest wasn't there, so I had to talk to the deacon. <laughs> you started talking to him, but he wasn't there. Yeah, I was in the confessional <laughs> alone. It was an awkward time. <laughs> I just thought you could walk into those things and I just be there, sitting there waiting for. Yeah, you. is there? I've never done confessional, but are there like little signs that say like the priest is in? No, they're just kind of open doors, but the door <laughs> on the other side was open, but I thought someone would just come in eventually. Oh, okay. They'd you see know? you walk in? Yeah. And they didn't. Oh, How yeah. long were you talking in there? I was probably talking for at least a good 30, 45 minutes <laughs> before I realized, you know, wait, I mean, waiting for a response. must have helped to get, at least get your thoughts out there a little bit, yeah? yeah? It, it, it did help, you know, a soundboard. I think I like to think God was listening in God's house. Mm-hmm. So you went, you went to the deacon afterwards, mm-hmm. and uh, what did you say to him? And I went to the deacon, and I said, I think my <coughs> son's gay. And, you know, the deacon said, you know, gays are people too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, from then on I just had to, I made it my mission to try and understand my son's sexual lifestyle and just read a bunch of books and, you know, talked to a lot of people, went on some online groups found some people found some gays to talk to and they seem like normal people you know <laughs> yeah go figure yeah so uh so i figured it's not all that bad so you started looking at your son in a different light yeah started I to s- think like hey my son is one of these one of these gays he's one of them special snowflakes you know mm-hmm. you know and i just thought he's just he's great and then you know i just thought if he could make some man really happy one day mm-hmm. and i would hope so and so now, how does it feel to know that he is in fact straight? I feel, I, I feel like I've just wasted my time. Like I've just been. Wait, that's a that's a long time. That's yeah, four years he yeah. has spent. I've been studying and all this stuff and trying to make, you know, amends and trying to be more open-minded, and it was all for nothing. Because it just turns out he's a little metrosexual or whatever the <laughs> hell. Now you gotta learn to accept that. Yeah. Now I have to learn to deal with the fact that he's just, he's just normal and straight. It's normal. Yeah. The shit. I feel like you didn't learn a lot <laughs> in the four years <laughs> that you've been learning, studying this and and learning to accept it. I mean, I can't just keep going back and forth on these kinds of things. It's you just, gotta be I one way or the other. You gotta pick a street, go down it. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I can't keep moving back and forth across the country, you know. <laughs> Why do you have to move back and forth across? Are you saying, it's, like, it's metaphorically? Ex- it's a metaphor. Okay. I thought you were saying that in yeah. this process you had to move across the stu- country yeah. to, like, accept that your son's gay. Yeah. No, like, East Coast is straight and West Coast is just gay. 
Really? I would have thought it the other way around, but really, <laughs> yeah. Cause you got Brooklyn on the huh. east, and I don't know. There's a lot of straight people in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think I've never been. A lot of normal people in Brooklyn. Yeah, I don't hang out in Brooklyn, no. Where are you from? I'm from uh, originally uh, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. The the state, or is that a city in a different state? Uh, no, the state. Okay, and uh, so you're you're a pop country musician from Indiana. Right. You wouldn't expect that. Really? Yeah, you wouldn't expect someone from Indiana to have the kind of like soft southern drawl that you have, too. Uh, you know, you live kind of south of Indiana, it touches some southern states. You know, <laughs> you get people crossing over the border and yeah, stuff. Yeah, crossing over and influencing yeah. you. Yeah. How do you feel about that? People crossing the border people of Indiana? People crossing the border? Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be hard. Just, just drive across and drive back. You're always changing your state's mind and stuff. People from like Tennessee stealing your jobs? Yeah, yeah. And they just and they just go back to their Tennessee lifestyle, pay their slightly lower taxes. Mm-hmm. Just giving money to their families and just then just taking money from the people, good people of Indiana. Yeah, it must be. You know, I I empathize with them. You know, because I found out my son was straight and I, you know, <laughs> crossing over borders and stuff a lot is just it's taxing on a person. <laughs> what does that have to do with your son being straight? It's it's like a metaphor for <laughs> them. Uh, I can see how you're a songwriter. Yeah. What? So, uh, learning uh, uh, during the process of coming to terms to accept that your son was gay, even yeah. though he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, how did that influence your music? Like, what was your music like before this happened, and then how did it change once you started uh, to accept? Uh, well, back then, my 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 music started. It was a little more. Uh, it had a little more like Americana feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more. You know, red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I kind of, you know, uh, went more uh, popular mm-hmm. country. You know, kind of the more get some more modern beats. I tried to, uh, I met up with a local rapper. We were gonna try to break into the rap country crossover. Oh, oh God! Yeah. What what rapper? Uh, it was uh, Jimmy Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Yeah. Wow. It was a local. So you were like the the Macklemore of, of pop country. Uh, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Macklemore is? No. He's probably the most popular musician in the world right now. Is he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think he's probably like probably number one most popular musician in the world. They don't play that on the country station. Well, they should. They would huh. probably teach people a lot. They might. So, like, did your songs become like like gay anthems? After that, I think a little bit. I tried to incorporate some of the feelings I was going through of, you know, transitioning into a different kind of person. Mm-hmm. You know, just through you, <laughs> the changes you were going through. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I had to write those down and and put some beats, put some put some notes together on them. What were some of the the, the lyrics that you some wrote? Of, some of the lyrics. Was, one was like, "I'll always love you," but. I d- But, but you'll never see me in the same way again. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why? Like wrapping my head around that. I'll never love you. You. I'll, yeah. I'll always love you. Yeah. But like, you'll never you see speaking me to in, your son. Yeah. But you'll never see me in the same way again. Like, what? That's like my through like. It's like that's like a song through my son's eyes. You know. Oh. You know, like, so you. Your son is thinking that you won't love him anymore yeah. because he's gay? Yeah. In your eyes? Yeah. 
have have you always been openly like since like since you started to accept it were you always like openly accepting of his potential gayness yeah i think once i started like i mean there was some times in the beginning where i you know you go through this the seven state eight seven or eight stages there's eight there's eight stages Mm -hmm. of grief acceptance and then there's getting over it and then there's toleration yeah Yeah. i went i think i went through denial anger and bartering for those are the first ones Mm -hmm. and then what did you try to barter i tried to you know i tried to offer up the dog (laughs) <laughs> to who? To God. <laughs> Say, yeah. God, don't make my son gay. Here's yeah. my dog. I'll just give him the dog. I mean, he's getting old. Did you kill the dog? No. Dog's still alive. Still alive? Wow. Still alive. It was getting up there. It was about it was 10 years old. Now he's about 14. So oh. It's a good little, age. Little black lad. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he tried to barter away the pup. Yeah. That didn't work. It didn't work. So then after that, you know, he went right to acceptance. Uh, I don't know. There might have been some other steps in there. I don't know which ones they're in there, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know all of the steps. Seven stages of grief. You There's got uh, shock and denial. Oh, so how did that shock go? Shock was probably the first one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Yeah. And then, uh, and then denial immediately shock following that one. Well, I mean, shock and denial are kind of the same, same, oh. same step. So you're like, I'm in shock. Oh, I guess they're not. Yeah. They're kind of different. They're, they're kind of different. So then, then he went. Then the next step is pain and guilt. Oh, what was that like? Uh, it was like it was. And these, these, um, ta- we're gonna talk about the the seven stages of grief you went through when you realized he was actually straight too. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think I hit acceptance first, and then I felt pain and grief <laughs> after. <laughs> when you went, when you realized he was straight, you really went. You were like, "Oh, I accept this," and then you felt pain. Yeah, and then I felt I felt pain for how I had acted in grief for you know how I had been towards my son. Wait, so when did uh, the uh, upward turn happen <laughs> in this second seven sta- seven layer burrito of grief? When did the upward turn? What? Because there's seven stages of grief: right. are shock and denial. One. Uh-huh. Yeah. Two, pain and guilt. Yeah. Three, anger and bargaining. Yeah. Four, depression, reflection, and loneliness. Yeah. Five, the upward turn. Uh-huh. <laughs> Six, reconstruction and working through. Uh-huh. And seven, acceptance and hope. Well, the upward turn might have happened after the pain and grief. You know, I'd been able to forgive myself. So where did you go after the upward turn? Into anger and bargaining? <laughs> I thought anger and bargaining was... I don't know where but we're you're in this. But in the second one, in the uh-huh. second, when you realized he was straight, yeah. you said you started with acceptance. Oh, when he when I found out he was oh we're at that part. Well now we are. Oh, I thought we were at the gay part still. <laughs> okay, we're at the second one. Oh now. okay. Uh, so you started with acceptance. So well no and then it was no it was shock and denial again. You started with shock and denial. Yeah. Okay. It was he was telling me he was straight and I thought he was gay the whole time and I mm. said no 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 that's not possible. <laughs> but it was possible. But it, it, it turns out it was very possible. <laughs> and so then 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 what did you go through? You went through pain then, and guilt? Then it, then it was more just pain, guilt, more mm-hmm. bartering. Tried the dog again. <laughs> you tried the dog again? <laughs> You're like, hey, my dog's a little bit older right now. Yeah. Can you make my son gay? But I think, you know, it since he was older, it probably wasn't, it didn't mean as much. Because mm-hmm. he's going to die soon. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old, God's like, fuck. it didn't work four years ago. It's yeah. not going to work. Well, maybe it did work the four years ago. Maybe it did. But I still had the dog. Because you wanted, you, you, you bargained the dog. Yeah, you do still have the dog. I still have the dog, though. Unless he's going to take the dog later. He's like, just put it on layaway or yeah. something. I don't know. Now God's probably mad at you for uh, for trying to re- re-bargain the dog. And he's like, I already oh. took, I'm already taking the dog. I can't take another switch. I just, I don't <laughs> know what I'd do. <laughs> you found out that your son's actually oh. gay and after all this? I don't know what I'd do. So then you went through depression and reflection and loneliness after uh, after in the seven layers of finding out that your son's straight. Yeah, what was probably those those were probably uh, my best songwriting years. Yeah, yeah, because then that came to be uh, that's what got me to the C list. You know, got on a couple of local uh, radio stations and then it blew up to kind of the tri-state. Area. <laughs> what were these songs about? These like, how did they? How did they go? These songs were just. Uh, it was more kind of. It was a combination of me getting back to my roots, and then uh, also finding out that my son was straight. I think people really identified with that uh, <laughs> straight male aspect. They of the songs. So what were the denying. lyrics? So the, the, the lyrics to the last song that you mm-hmm. brought mm-hmm. up were. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I love. I will always love you. Um, but you'll never look at me the same way. Yeah. What What were the lyrics to this one? This one would be like something like, uh, cross cross my dog, but don't cross my son. Cross my dog. That was that was <laughs> the name of that was the name of the song. Okay. <laughs> and how did that one go? And then it, it's it's more about you know it was a time when I was praying to God, you know, bartering, trying to barter the dog away the second time. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, you know, was, one of the lines is kind of like, Jesus, you can take the dog, but you can't take my son. <laughs> Jesus, you can take the dog, but you can't take my son. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So you, you've had three different albums yep. throughout your career. Correct. You've had one before your son was born. Yep. You had one when you realized that your son when you thought that your son was gay. Correct. And you have one that you released after your son. You found out your son was straight. Yes. So what was the first one called? The first the, one. The pure grassroots, bluegrass, or pop country Americana album. Uh, that, was, that was the first one was uh, The Night is Black. The Night is Black. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, I mean, that was uh, the kind of when the goth revival was was penetrating the country music yeah, scene. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah, it was, it was everywhere. all over the damn mm-hmm. place. You couldn't get away from and it. And some of your your hot your hottest tracks on there were uh one was uh it's a, it was a Purple Rain. <laughs> Purple Rain too. Yeah. Uh it was uh, it's hard to get, you know, uh what is it? Search search in search I don't know. When you type it into Google. Search engine optimization. Yeah, that's the word my producer always uses. It's mm-hmm. ar- it was hard to get that one up there because it's, mm-hmm. you know. Very similar to another famous song. Some guy with a weird symbol would come up and I just <laughs> didn't understand. Not worth it. Yeah, but it was, it was a pretty good song. I'm probably most proud of that one. And what was the, the second album called? The one that after you realized that your son, or you Af- thought that your after son was gay? Son, after my son was gay. Uh, after my son was gay oh. to you. Yeah, he wasn't actually gay. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, looked like he just went back through those seven yeah. sta- seven stages. So <laughs> it's 
sometimes, you know, it's just fresh as a wound. They say time heals, but <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I thought you went through acceptance. Or are you still going through the depression stage? You know, sometimes I like to waver back and forth. You know, sometimes it, com- it comes in waves. It's like an ocean. It's not yeah. all at once. It's good for songwriting. Yeah. Uh, when, I was, when I was struggling with the fact that my son was gay, uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, rainbows and rifles. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what were some of the <laughs> what were some of the uh, the songs the hit singles off of that one? Uh, uh, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. You <laughs> man. Yeah, that was just a. I mean, that's an actual play, but you know, yeah, I just I just. You're really like not going for the SEO. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's hard to come up with names. Songs and stuff. So that so you I just, just like kinda, flip through song books. Yeah, you know, you see stuff and then you think that's a good name. Yeah, no one's doing anything with that. <laughs> it's been a couple years since anyone's done anything with that. That that sound, that name. <laughs> what were some other tracks off of Rainbows uh, and Rifles? <laughs> uh, the dawn is darkest. That's it. That's just <laughs> the dawn is darkest. <laughs> It's, it's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> That's just blatantly false. Uh, what was that? Why? Why? What was the reasoning for that? Just you know, I had my son in my life, and you know, he was. It was you know, it was me just kind of finding out like this whole new world that he was going through, and it just felt. You thought like he was real, going through. Yeah, and it just felt like a really dark time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dawn is dark. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right, and then the song, the album that you released after you realized that your son is actually straight? Uh, was, uh, America is great. (laughs) (laughs) What? You just went back to the Americana roots? Yeah, I just kind of went, you know, back to the roots. Uh, you know, you gotta have, you have faith in it, and then you find out your son's straight, and Everything just kind of works out in the end. <laughs> it kind of works out, but I thought yeah. you weren't happy about it. I wasn't happy at first, but you know now. Um, you ebb and flow. It's like it, the waves. It's like oceans, man. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there's high tides, sometimes low tides. Oh. Would you give up your dog still to this day for your son to be gay? <sighs> or is that too much switching around? I don't, if if. If God would res- would like answer my prayers, you know, and I could hear if there was even the possibility of making this a bargaining chip, you know, I might. I would consider. I'd be open to it. You'd be open to yeah. giving up the dog. Yeah. I'd be Do open you, to you only have one dog. dog. I have one dog. His name <laughs> is. Uh, his name is uh, Rifle, <laughs> and uh, you know, he's my hunting. He's my hunting buddy. Yeah, still mm-hmm. at fourteen years old. Well, he doesn't like to. Now it's just more like we just go out into the, the the yard there and we just sit and we just kind of <laughs> watch the birds fly away and he'll try to chase him, but he's got arthritis. It's Aww. hard. It's hard on him. Yeah, I imagine. You know. Well, it has been very interesting talking yeah. with you about this. Thank uh, you. So. We will be back after a brief break. And you going to stick around, Brian? Yeah. I Help can, me interview my next guest. After bit. this break, we will be d- talking with astronaut Mike Hansen. Stay tuned, everybody. And if you don't stay tuned, then I hope you have a blessed life. Be right back. 
Welcome back, you, yep, you, <laughs> to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Oh, boy, it is just, it's hot out today. I Man, I didn't even wear a shirt. I'm sweating. It's pretty hot out. It's pretty hot out. That was the voice of famous astronaut Mike Hansen. How is it going, Mike Hansen? It's pretty good. I'm, I'm glad that you called me famous this time. Yeah. That's pretty. That's a big up on me. I think. Uh, usually, I just request people that call me uh, uh, astronaut Mike Henson. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty glad to add that famous to my title. Well, I don't want them to get confused with the not famous astronaut Mike Henson. But you. I mean, why would they? He's not famous. Yep. I'm also joined by pop country musician Brian Bishop. Hello. How is it going, Brian? It's all right. You were crying over the break. It was hard. You just what? You got you rekindled feelings. Oceans. Oceans, yeah. Waves of oceans. Webs and waves. Webs and waves of oceans. That's a good album name. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if that'll even register on the internet. Mm Mm-hmm. On SEO? Yeah. Astronaut Mike Hansen, famous astronaut Mike Hansen, you just got back from a long voyage. Yes, we were doing a rendezvous with the uh, International Space Station. Mm -hmm. It was a special mission. Is the International Space Station still running? Absolutely. Do you do not pay attention to space news? Uh, What what space news sources are there in the world? There's NASA. Mm -hmm. NASA NASA.com. India Times. India Times. New York Post. Uh New York Post is a space news? They all have space news in them at some point. Hmm. Is there a space news section or is it just like news pops up? It's just news pops up usually. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a section for it uh, on the weeklies, Mm -hmm. but usually it just pops up. Okay. So you'll get news about the International Space Station every once in a while. Okay. I didn't realize that. So so you just had a rendezvous with the International Space Station. Actually, that's why I'm here. Oh. Uh, You see, I lost somebody very special to me. Oh. Well, you, during the rendezvous. In the rendezvous. During the rendezvous. Yes. My, in the space. My companion, Peter Cooper. Peter Cooper. How old is Peter Cooper? Peter Cooper is 13. 13? How old is... Why, why, why do you have such a young person? Well, I went to uh, space camp mm-hmm. looking for young men or women <laughs> who might be able to uh, join me on a mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter Cooper... Was there? Mm-hmm. I had a contest in which they could all compete, men and women, young men and women, to go yeah. up into space with me. And Peter Cooper won. Famous astronaut Mike Hansen. Right. And Peter Cooper won. How, what was the? What were the guidelines and rules of the uh, competition? Well, you had to be smart. Mm-hmm. You had to be a whip mm-hmm. when it came to piloting. Mm-hmm. You had to. You had to know exactly what to do in case of an emergency, and you had to have soft, supple skin. Oh. Why was that a uh, a recommend? Well, I mean, space is a harsh, harsh place to live, Mm -hmm. and soft, supple skin can help (laughs) when you are up there alone by yourself with no other companionship. You can comfort yourself with your own skin. I feel like you're. I feel like you're just making fun of. I'm like, not the making contest. fun. I'm All not, right. Okay. I'm sorry. I. I. I'm sorry. I had a smile on my face. I would. I would like. I would like it very much if we could just get your listeners to be on the lookout for Peter Cooper or any like draw attention 
to the fact that there is a 13 year old boy <laughs> lost in space at this point. That is important. And I haven't heard, heard haven't heard about that in the news at all. So that says a lot about our news media. I mean, the space news gets get pushed to the back. Space and news conglomerate isn't conglomerating enough. I did bring you something. Mr. Dupree, I brought you some uh, space ice cream. Space ice cream? Wow. Oh, it's... Why isn't it cold? It's because it's, uh... It doesn't have to be cold. It's dehydrated ice cream. That sounds disgusting. Why... Why... What part of it is ice cream, then? Are you just... Are you serious right now? Oh, I'm sorry. I just... That sounds disgusting. This is how I live my life. But it's just that ice cream... See, Brian, are you eating my ice cream? I just wanted a piece. Okay. That's fine. Uh, have you heard his second album? Yes. Rainbows uh, and Rifles. Rainbows and Rifles. It's amazing. And you know, it mm-hmm. really, it's it's helped me through some hard times. Really? Why, well, how do you, why do you relate to that? I mean, I just, I... He's gay. Ex- <laughs> excuse me? I was seeing it before with my son. Now you... You, <laughs> you haven't seen it before with your son. You, well, you, you projected it. I read a son. lot of books. So wait, so my uh, astronaut Mike Hansen, are you gay? No, the contest was for men, young men and young women. <laughs> oh, okay. You see, <laughs> and Peter Cooper. So what was the contest? What was the, what? What did they have to do in the contest? Was it how did they? How did you measure how good they were at these things? Well, I gave them an algebra test. Okay. I took for pictures. The I took photos of them, <laughs> and then I lined up the photos. And I had them uh, each uh, do a video where they had to do a monologue. Mm -hmm. And then I had them all try on these space tennis shorts. (laughs) They're orange. Mm -hmm. And then I had them each fire a rifle. (laughs) What is space tennis? Are you fucking serious, Michael? (laughs) Space tennis is one of the one of the prime ways that we keep active in space. You know, oh. your bone mass yeah. reduces in space. Yes. Well, space tennis helps us to uh, keep our muscle mass up and to you know exercise those parts of our body that don't really work. And is that just like regular tennis, except that you're floating around? All right. So I don't know how you play tennis down here on Earth necessarily. You got two rackets and, space and, a, tennis. and a net in the middle, and you you run it back and forth. And right. That's not how you play space tennis in no. space. No. What you do is you have a racket, mm-hmm. and the smaller person who's play you're playing space tennis with gets in front of you, mm-hmm. and you get behind them, and you hold them tightly, <laughs> and you hold their arm <laughs> with the racket. And you just kind of swing the racket back and forth. Okay. And every once in a while, you switch arms in order to exercise exercise both side. arms. Mm-hmm. And it also helps with the chest muscles uh-huh. moving back and forth. Yeah. So that's how you play space tennis. <laughs> so it's not really a game. It's like an exercise. Is everything I'm saying just going to be in, like... <laughs> like some jab at what what my I'm lifestyle not is like. Jabbing, I'm trying. I'm just trying to get a get a feel for it. It's a it's a different world. It's a different lifestyle. I'm it is a different world. All right. Well, I'll. You're I'll, very uh, defensive about about playing space. I mean, I just lost my 13 year old companion. Okay. <laughs> like He's today. floating out in space in with, a spacesuit, assumedly. Well, in the in the tennis shorts that I gave him, oh, does he have an undershirt. No, he doesn't have a helmet. He doesn't have a helmet. He's resilient. Okay, oh, that's dear. why I picked him. I mean, you can. Someone can survive for even a second. He can. I think he can. <laughs> he holding his breath. 
you're staring holes into me up. Yeah, I am staring holes into you. I feel like you are bringing up that he might be dead. I think that's a strong possibility. And I think that's a possibility that you have to come to terms with. You got to go through the seven stages. Listen, he's, he's been... I think he's been denial. missing for about three months. Mm-hmm. There's no media attention on it. <coughs> three months. Sorry, Michael, I sneezed. We I, all heard you sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, astronaut Mike Hansen, you don't need to be so hostile. We're all friends I just, here. Well, I just, you know, I've I've been to space and back. I know that I'm the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. I'm the captain of every ship I'm in. And I have to make sure that my crew mm-hmm. is... uh uh. You're the captain of every ship you're in? Yes. Even if the ship already has a captain? Yeah. Why do you get to be the captain? Because I'm the captain of every ship I'm in. I am famous astronaut Mike Hansen. <laughs> Is that in your astronaut contract? Yeah. Don't you read the astronaut contract rules? No. When you were a kid, didn't you want to be an astronaut? Not really. What did you want to be when you were a kid? I wanted to be a veterinarian. You never sur- survive in space. <laughs> I, you would never survive. I have to agree with you there. Oh, I'm a podcast host, and I'm like over 250 pounds. I will tell you who would survive, and it's Peter Cooper mm-hmm. in those orange tennis shorts and his undershirt. <laughs> He's been lost in space for three months. Like, how long do you think someone can hold their breath for? And also survive in the vacuum, which a human body would get ripped apart <laughs> in the vacuum without, without protection. You think that... His supple skin and those lips would be ripped apart. <laughs> I think. It's I don't strong, think they would. I think it's a strong possibility. I haven't seen him before. Um, so well, I can I can describe him in detail to you. He had soft blonde hair, mm-hmm. blue eyes like the sun setting over uh, an ocean. Okay, the, the ocean part. Not the, the ocean sun. part, not the sun. If you're going <laughs> to jab at me again, Michael, I'm just trying to get a clear picture. He had pectoral muscles like two trees coming out from the ground. <laughs> okay. Six abs that stood out. Yeah, six back. He was 13 years old. Absolutely. I don't take any just anybody up into space with me. You got you to gotta be a jacked 13-year-old. You got to be a jacked motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to keep describing him? Yeah. A waist, I mean, I gotta know what I'm looking for. A waist like, like a ring around the rosy, <laughs> and what? legs that could what? kick a man straight to Arizona. Okay, so he was a strong little boy. That's I mean, a young say. man. I like to call him a young man. He's a strong little man. Mm-hmm. And um, my question is, you're you're here on Earth. Uh, asking for people to keep an eye out for a boy that's lost in space. I want some attention so that I can bring my own spaceship into space. You don't have the authority to get your own spaceship into Captain's, space? Captains, like, really, when it goes through Congress and stuff, you just really don't have that much power. You have a lot of convincing power, but, you know, you can't, like, just go into Congress and be like, I'm the captain, give me some money for a spaceship. They, I've tried that. They said no. Okay. So you need money from Congress to fund... A space mission, travel, right? Yeah. In order to to find, find a young boy, Peter Cooper, a young man who is lost in space currently. So, do you want people to like keep an eye out with their telescopes too, and see if they can? They I can mean, see that's fantastic. That would be fantastic. You would. I mean, it, the closer you can get a look at Peter Cooper, you will know who he is. 
Well, what part of the Earth was the uh, International Space Station above? Like, wh- like what happened? Like, what happened that caused him to go missing? Well, we were doing a rendezvous mm-hmm. with the International Space Station, like I said. Yeah. One of the Ruskies decided... Russian people. Right. The cosmonauts yeah. decided, oh, this will be a good time to get out the vodka. Oh, God. So we were all drinking a little bit, you know. I mean, it's not sanctioned by NASA or anything. No. But, I mean, you, you get... Was it dehydrated? Dehydrated vodka. <laughs> okay. And we had been playing a little bit of space tennis. My oh. arm my arm, tightly around Peter. Mm-hmm. My other arm extended out with the racket, mm-hmm. hit the porthole straight out. <laughs> Peter, in his beautiful, supple skin, just slid out from this International <laughs> Space Station. He got sucked out of the there. The Ruskies quickly closed the porthole mm-hmm. and tried to hold me back, of course, because they didn't want you going Because out. they didn't want me going out You're there. The I, was, I wanted to go out there, I wanted to save him. Mm-hmm. But, but I couldn't because you're the captain. Yeah, so that's how I lost Peter in space, and, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen him since. <sighs> I haven't seen him since. I just I want I want him back. Mm-hmm. I want I, I I feel an obligation to him. That's fair. I mean, you are the person that brought a 13 year old up into space. <laughs> how do his parents feel about all this? Well, I mean, he's obviously an orphan. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't have brought him up there otherwise. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you go to space camp, you're basically an orphan. Your parents don't really care about you. Yeah. They just want to They just wanna not have to bring you to right. vacation his, in Cabo. But he was literally an orphan also. Oh, okay. But every other kid there was might as well have been an orphan. Right. So. So, you don't have to worry about them. I don't have... Or. I mean, I wouldn't worry about them anyway. I would Did you adopt trying him? to help. Why would I... I mean... I would love to adopt him, but this is a very quick three months. The, the legal system yeah. doesn't. Oh, Once I get him back, I'm definitely going to adopt him. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. what? That supple skin is not going to leave my side. Yeah. <laughs> you can always have him right there. Do you ever like consider the fact that even though even if you do find him, he might have some sort of brain damage or be legally dead? I've considered it. Yeah. I've considered that, and I would reject that notion. Would you keep him anyway? Of course I would. <laughs> those pecs like elms coming out from the green grass, of course I would. Yeah, and bodies don't decay in space, so he'd be just as, as he'd be sweet just and as, preserved. Just as wonderful as the day I left him. <laughs> just as wonderful. I'm going to have some space ice cream. Mm. Can you pass that over here, please? Yeah, that looks good. Mm. Absolutely, Mr. Bishop. Wow. Chewing on space ice cream over here. So I, it's it's concerning to me that the space ice cream is like crunchy. Like it's dehydrated. Yeah, but I would expect space ice any sort of ice cream to be a little soft and and like like that kind of feel like that like biting into a watermelon maybe. That's what I expect. Or like or a maybe maybe a tight buttocked young man. <laughs> well, I've never experienced that, but I can imagine. That it's soft. Not like dehydrated space ice cream. Not like dehydrated <laughs> space ice cream, of course not. So, have you considered... Because space is a big place. And I know that he probably wouldn't have left the Earth's orbit because it's very strong, even for a little boy, to escape Earth's orbit. So... 
He's floating around. I know he's, he's out a, there. He, he's amongst the satellites somewhere. He's. He, I mean, I'm sure he's a very resourceful young man. I once saw him write an entire program, an entire computer program on mm-hmm. a sheet of paper. Really? Wow. Not one single sheet of paper? Yep. That's impressive. He must have very fine handwriting. He had very, it was very neat mm-hmm. and fine. I think it was his nice uh, long fingers which allowed him to do that. Wow. Very interesting. So, uh, he's very you, resourceful, is what I'm saying. I'm sure that he's gotten up there on a satellite and he's trying to send us signals right now. Maybe. It could be. I just think that you need to start to go through the stages of perhaps, uh, maybe the, some of the further stages of grief. Maybe have a little bit, to- little bit more towards acceptance. You know, the NASA psychiatrists, mm-hmm. they tell me the same thing mm-hmm. and they try to push me into these, you know, resource meetings or whatever the hell they are and i'm like i'm a captain i don't need any of this i can find peter cooper i can bring him back to earth and we can live a nice life together i can adopt him Mm -hmm. and he can have a father figure who loves him we can play earth tennis at some point after i learn how wow that's actually a big step for you do you think that just because I, I play space tennis that I can't play earth tennis? I think that it just didn't seem like you were interested in it. You're right. It, it didn't seem like that. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever considered that the possibility that maybe you could just get another boy companion? I, hadn't, I, I mean, are you talking about replacing Peter Cooper? Uh, more or less, yeah. Like, yeah, just moving on. <sighs> moving on into... Uh, you know, heading, getting an upward turn. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with both you, you mm-hmm. Mr. Dupree, and you, Mr. Bishop. Mm-hmm. I have thought about it. Mm-hmm. I have thought deeply and heartfeltly about it. And I've decided that I cannot do that. I will not. not replace Peter Cooper. Okay. It is not in my purview i will find peter cooper and i will bring him down here and i will give him multiple pairs of tennis shorts that he can wear <laughs> throughout the day and then we will live a happy life together i'm going to find peter cooper and if you find him and he's dead what what do you do he won't be dead but what if he is dead you keep on saying what if and that's a situation that i am not capable of handling right now <laughs> You you know a bit about not being able to accept situations, yeah, Brian. This looks like he's clearly going through the seven stages, like you were saying, Michael. Mm-hmm. I went through a similar thing myself, but my son is. Well, still that's alive. what Purple Rain was about. I remember that. That was a good song. That was a good song. Well, the next stage of uh, of grief, Garrick, I'd say you're currently in denial. Uh, I'm astronaut Mike Hansen. Uh, as much as it probably doesn't feel good to hear that, the next stage is pain and guilt. So do you think that maybe you just can't accept, you can't get out of, you can't accept that he's gone because you don't want to feel guilty that this might be your fault, that he's gone in the first place? Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You know, fuck you, Michael. (laughs) Oh, hold on. God damn, you are just... You saw straight through me as soon as I walked in that door, didn't you? <laughs> yep. The first thing I saw was that he looks like he feels bad about maybe killing a boy. And I do. I do feel guilty. Okay. I should have I should have taken down all those Ruskies with a one-handed suplex. 
a space one-handed suplex. I should have taken them all down, and then I should have jumped out of that door and grabbed Peter Cooper and brought him back in and mm-hmm. saved his life, and we could have lived happily. Well, what would you personally do, like, to get Peter Gre- Like, what would you get sacrifice and give up to get Peter Gregory back? Peter Cooper back. <laughs> Peter Gregory. <laughs> Peter Cooper. Are you taking a jab at me again? No. Okay. No, what would you... Right. What, would well, you, this is what I would give up. Mm-hmm. I would give up my Muskegon, Ohio estate. Wow. Yeah. I would give up uh, my rare uh, Babe Ruth signed baseball. Wow. Uh, $13 in change, which I keep underneath a clown cookie jar in my kitchen. Is that like a good luck charm or just you know it's there? I just know it's there. I mean, it's <laughs> mostly for like tips and stuff for the pizza guy and, you know. Uh, what else would I give up? I would give up my car. Wow. A 1992 kind of Nissan uh, Sundance. <laughs> is that a nice car? Or is it's, it? It's. Honestly, I don't really use it that much. I'm mostly up in space. Yeah. It's just mostly for Why buy a Lamborghini when, right. when you don't drive right. around very much? So, I mean, I'd give up basically everything. Mm-hmm. If I could have Peter Cooper next Who'd to my side. Who would you give it to? Anybody who would help me save him. <laughs> anybody anybody in the world who would get me back up into that spaceship and help me rotate around the Earth so that I could grab Peter Cooper and I could hold his hand again. But we could play space tennis. So, so I mean... You must be pretty lonely since you uh been without Peter. Peter Cooper, all by yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty how, lonely. I'm how pretty how have you been dealing lonely, with the with the loneliness? I've been keeping busy. I've been doing things, mm-hmm. you know. I've been I'm on your podcast. Yeah. It's <laughs> Saturday afternoon and I'm on a podcast mm-hmm. instead of getting playing space tennis with Peter Cooper. <laughs> Just like a- occupying your time with things that don't really make you happy. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Don't listen to any Distractions. music? I mean, of course, Rainbows and Rifles. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. Great album. And The Dawn is Always Dark. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously a huge fan <laughs> Brian Bishop. Well, of Brian it? Bishop. You I mean, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of starstruck if I'm being completely honest. Are you guys, are you guys listening to him a lot up in, up in space? Absolutely. The Ruskies love him. Really? The Ruskies, absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should have seen the tears in their eyes. I have a huge fan base in Russia. Right. Why? Why do you think that is? It's because they don't use Google, so all of his search yeah. results go straight to the top. <laughs> I say a lot of I have a, a lot of red. A lot of use a lot of red in my album covers. Oh, okay. Mm, they like that. Fair enough. So, Brian, do you have any advice? Like, because you kind of lost a child. Yeah. In the sense that you thought your son was gay, and you found out that he isn't. Right. But it's like losing the son you thought you had. Right. 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 Um. So, do you have any advice for uh, astronaut Mike Hansen? I would say uh, maybe instead of trying to give up physical objects to God to barter, maybe try to focus on live things. Uh, Also, I would maybe maybe you could just go to a gay bar to see how it feels. (laughs) Uh, That's that's about it, I think. I think you just need to. If you can find your little boy there. Why do you think going to a gay bar <laughs> would help my uh, astronaut Mike Hansen? I'm really curious about this also I because I am definitely not gay. Okay. I think, I think he's gay. Why do you? are you so insistent on making astronaut Mike Hansen gay? Because I read books, Michael. <laughs> I know my son did the same things. 
but your son's not gay. Then I know he could be. I don't know. He told you he's not. He told me. What about me makes you think that I am gay? I don't know. Something about <laughs> your hair. <laughs> your hair does look like you had done it. I do. I do get it done every week. Yeah. I get it. it a telltale sign. How do you get your hair done in space? It's it's actually a lot easier in space. It just you just kind of poof it out, oh. and then you just snip like to make it all even. Oh, and oh. then you moose it so it stays in place. Yeah. Wow. So he has to do his hair in space, so it yeah. looks good. It's part of the training too. When you're going through the centrifuge, you just cut, you have to cut your hair and style your hair in such a way that the uh, <laughs> that it, it all the ladies are impressed by what it looks like when you leave the centrifuge. Are there a lot of ladies in space? There's at least two. Yeah. Good looking ladies or? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really pay attention. No. What? Hey. Mm. Hey, you might be onto something here, I'm, 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 oh. I'm, I mean, I'm much more focused on scientific endeavors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping your body in deep top peak. Deep physical, top peak. Deep top peak physical pre- precision. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Keeping it going. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have you ever? I I know they might not be allowed to talk about this, um, but I'm I I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Up in space, did you ever come across any aliens? Any alternate life forms? Are you fucking with me right now, Mike? No, I'm asking Are seriously. You fucking with me right now? Have you ever? Or ever, I swear to God. Okay, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just wondering. Of if course, there's aliens in what? space. What? Of course, there are. I I thought you were you were saying I was making fun of you because there weren't aliens, but there are aliens. Haven't you ever read an astronaut book in your in your entire life? You want to be a veterinarian, <laughs> and you've never read an astronaut book. No, I don't nothing from the uh, Library of Congress. Tell me about these aliens. I mean, they're just like you and me. Are they? Yes. All they want is to fly around in space, playing space tennis, <laughs> with someone with supple skin. What do aliens look like? Okay, I'm going to describe them from top to bottom. Okay. All right. <laughs> First of all, wonderfully styled hair, just like Elvis Presley. Oh, they have hair. Hmm. Of course, they're just like you and me. I was expecting, like, bald, like, big Very, black eyes. I mean, about five feet tall. Mm-hmm. Necks. Like the trunk of a tree. <laughs> Shoulders as wide as the border of Mexico. <laughs> Arms as strong as strong as a steel beam on a suspension bridge. Okay. Pectoral muscles like a cabinet filled with money in a bank. Six-pack abs. <laughs> they got six-pack abs, too? Hula hoop waist. <laughs> what does that mean? A, a waist like... A waist that's perfect for hula hooping. What the <laughs> fuck do you think it means, <laughs> okay. Michael? I thought you were saying it was as wide as a hula hoop. Two legs standing strong and their five-foot bodies... Skinny as the day is long, and feet that fit perfectly into some Air Jordans. 
<laughs> what color is their skin? Racist. <laughs> their color of their skin is racist? I, no, you. I was calling you a racist, <laughs> oh. Michael. Oh. I, I, I'm sorry, you don't see color of aliens? No, it's just that I don't bring it. It's not something I, you bring up with them. <laughs> you okay. can see it. Of course you can see it. What color is their skin? And racist. <laughs> Quit being so racist. <laughs> is it racist if you're talking about a different species? I think so. Like, is it racist to say is your cat black or is your cat tan? Whoa. <laughs> God. Could you not talk about my cat in those terms? I'm sorry. <sighs> I feel like I off. feel like if Peter were here, he would want me to say, please help me. I'm stuck in space. I'm doing my best, but I have very little resources left, and I need some somebody to come up here and save me. That sounds like something he would say. I don't need, I don't know him though. Brian, do you have any questions for astronaut Mike Hansen? Are the aliens gay? <laughs> yes, all of them are gay. Like, what's the big deal? I just, that's all. You just wanted to know that. I just wanted to know. Maybe you could go hang out with the aliens, Brian. Yeah, they. You know I've. Read a lot of books about guys and their culture, and watched some TV about it. What's what TV did you watch? I watched uh, Orange Is the New Black. Oh, yeah, that's a good show. It's all right. <laughs> a lot of women in it. Yeah. I don't watch. I don't watch that. No. No. My, what kind of shows do you watch, Astronaut Mike Hansen? <sighs> Johnny Adventure. Oh, the the kids' cartoon show. Yep. The kids' cartoon show, you know, they go on adventures as an adult and uh, two little boys. Yeah. And they all go uh, on wild adventures throughout the throughout the earth. It's kind, of, it's it's a lot like Indiana Jones, mm. you know, Indiana Jones and uh, his uh, companion, his boy companion, his boy companion, whose name escapes me at this moment. Is that is that how you viewed yourself with with him? You felt like the space Indiana Jones. I feel a lot like the Space Indiana Jones. I mean, I'm the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have your boy. I don't... Why are... I mean, you <laughs> say it like that, and it's like... You could just say it like, oh, your boy is missing in space. Well, how did I say it? Uh, and now you don't have your boy. Like, he's going to be gone forever. <laughs> well, you don't have him. I just think you need to start... I feel like these jabs are just, just I think one after the other. that you need to... You need to come to terms with the very real possibility that Peter Cooper is dead. Because human beings cannot exist and cannot survive in the vacuum. And I know he's resilient, but... And you don't think the aliens could have helped him at all? Well, there's an idea. Did he, did Peter Cooper ever meet the aliens? No. Well, what, what do you think, how, why would you think the aliens would help him then? Because of their soft, supple skin. They have soft, supple skin. Too. Of course they do. Wow. It's like touching a, uh, like touching a velvet shirt that's on, like a stripper. <laughs> You've never touched a stripper, though. I can't imagine. I I've never touched a stripper. You're right. I'm using a metaphor that I, I don't even I yeah I don't even really know what it means. I'm very I'm very confused right now. <laughs> This it's earth oxygen is just getting me all... I'm going to ask you up. a question. All right. And I just need you to be honest with me, okay? I'm going to try. And I'm not... It's not a jab at you. It's just a question. Okay. 
Are you attracted to young boys? Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, this has been an, <laughs> an episode of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour that will live in famousy. Keep your eyes out for <laughs> for Peter Cooper. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for keeping your eyes out for Peter Cooper. Always. And uh, make sure to... What's your next album going to be called, Brian uh, Bishop? I, I was thinking I really liked when... Uh, Mike Ainsen is talking about the 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 lost in space. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a good album title. The lo- the lost in space. Well, just no lost in. It would just be lost in space. Mm, that's a great album title. Yeah. Do you have any songs to put on that one? Uh, I was thinking I I could do a, a a song about your boy Peter, and I could just say keep an eye out for Peter. That would be the name of it. You know what you could call it working title. Hey Jude. Hey Jude. hey Jude. Hey Jude. That's a good that's a good second song. I think you might want to reconsider that. <laughs> Be tough for your SEO again. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. It has been the world's greatest pleasure having you guys on. We will be back next week with more fun. See ya. Bye. upon the avenue Standing here and wondering what to do What am I to do Baby now When I'm resting of you I'm capable to be your man But I guess that you just don't want me to I'll have to be what I was Before I fulfill myself with you Living and dying Each and every way I'm trying this cowboy walking across this universe I'm flying, living and dying Each and every way I'm trying I'm a restless cowboy walking across these universes I'm flying Sons upon the avenue Standing here and wondering what to do What am I to do, baby, now When I'm resting of you I'm capable to be your man But I guess yet you just don't want me to I'll have to be what I was Before I fulfilled myself with you Living and dying Each and every way I'm trying I'm a restless cowboy woman across these universes I'm flying, living and dying Each and every way I'm trying I'm a restless cowboy woman across these universes I'm flying now
Michael Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Wow, that was great.